Hello and welcome to episode six of the Bellzona podcast, your go-to podcast for all things coating and engineering. I am Richard Bywater, Specification Development Engineer for Belzona Polymerics, and it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the sixth and final instalment of this season of the Belzona podcast. In our last episode, uh, I was joined by some of my colleagues here from Belzona, where uh, we touched on and gave an insight into the idea of QA, QC, so quality assurance and quality control. And what that means to Belzona. We explored some of the processes uh, and checks in place around developing and manufacturing composite materials, as well as touching on some of the main industry and class standards uh, that the product range holds, both internal and external. In today's episode, we are gonna be taking uh, a more application-focused approach. We're gonna be discussing the need for resin chocking systems. Uh, so to take us through this topic, we're going to be joined by uh, a very special guest. I say a uh, special guest because he is one of the most senior members of the Belzona Global team and one of the only people who has the experience of, at uh, one point uh, or another, of having worked in each of the three Belzona Global offices. So with this in mind, before we go into our main topic, uh, I think it would make sense to use the opportunity to hear about the, the, their journey with Belzona and, and ask some key questions about the current global situation and potentially what, what they think the future might hold. So uh, without further ado, I would like to welcome uh, today's guest, uh, CEO of uh, Belzona Inc., Mr. Barry Nysel. Barry, welcome. Good morning, Richard, and thank you for having me on the podcast. No problem at all. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. It's uh, it's Friday morning, so looking forward to the rest of the day and then the weekend. Fantastic. I was uh, Friday morning for you. Uh, obviously, for, for the listeners, uh, you're not... Uh, where, where, where are you calling us from? Where you're... We're here in uh, sunny and very warm Miami, Florida. Yes, so uh, so what is morning for you is three uh, thirty on a Friday afternoon for for us over here in Harrogate. So, uh, yeah, definitely Friday afternoon vibes. This is this is a nice uh, nice way to to end the working week. So uh, so yeah, I mean, have you done something like this before? Is uh, is it a bit new to you? Maybe our podcast as uh, as a participant as a as a somebody. Speaking on a podcast is new to me. I've uh, become accustomed to listening to them, uh, like much okay. of the the world uh, during the uh, recent uh, pandemic. We've turned a lot more to virtual media. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't. What, what's your favourite out of interest? Obviously, obviously, there's an obvious answer there. But uh, yeah, other the, than the... <laughs> other than the Belzona podcast, uh, what's uh, what what other podcasts are you listening to? Uh, I've listened to a, a wide variety. Obviously, like uh, sports, uh, still keep up yep. with uh, football or soccer. Uh, but a lot of business podcasts, uh, things that we can uh, all learn from. So I have a wide variety on my uh, devices. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, you mentioned sports there. I, um, I obviously you're now based in in Miami, but you are uh, originally a fellow uh, Brit. Yeah, I heard the the soccer reference there. That's uh, still a contentious 
uh, <laughs> subject, I think, between between us. But um, is it is it American football or soccer that you follow over there? Or I follow both. I've uh, I you know I can't give up on my uh, my team from back home, which is Liverpool. Um, but okay. for a long time, I've uh, I followed American football, and I'm a, a big supporter of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who recently won the Super Bowl. So, oh, of course. So yeah. all all is good. I can, yeah, fine. well, you've obviously got the the Buccaneers. Uh, I have to say, I have an extremely limited knowledge on on American football. I do occasionally watch the Super Bowl. Uh, so this year's Buccaneers win is is you know I'm aware of, but that that must be uh, that must be fantastic. Is that they? Ha- in my knowledge, is that something they've won before, or is it quite a? It's the uh, it's the second time they've won it in the history. So the, it was 18 years ago they won the first one. Okay. This was the second. So yeah, it's uh, been a long time. Excellent, and then obviously uh, maybe not so much now with uh, the current Liverpool form, but uh, but Liverpool Premier League last season. Let's let's keep it on a positive. Yeah, That's, yeah, uh... it's a long long time for for <laughs> Liverpool. So yeah, I mean, twenty nineteen twenty twenty was a, a good year for my sports teams. Absolutely, yeah, fantastic. Okay, so. Uh... Brilliant. Well, thanks. Thanks very much for for agreeing to to be a part of today's podcast. Um, I think, as I mentioned in the introduction, there be, before we get into the the chocking discussion or, or kind of the main topic of of today's uh, podcast, we thought this would be a great opportunity having you on. Uh, of course, to uh, take the opportunity to to pick your brain on just some key industry discussion points uh, and and find out a bit. Of, bit more about your your Belzona uh, experience um you're in quite a unique role where you've you've worked kind of along a lot of the main industries that that we kind of work in all over the world so uh so so yeah I think the the best way to kind of start that is um could you just explain to to the listeners uh, a bit about your your role as as CEO uh, and kind of what that entails yeah of course well First of all, I'm part of a great uh, executive team uh, globally for Belzona. Uh, my role has uh, several responsibilities, including uh, managing overall operations here in the in Miami. Uh, okay. We manage the resources along with uh, the other directors of, of Belzona. And we make uh, some of the larger major corporate decisions and we set the future direction for the company. Great. Okay. So this is um, uh, so. So you've, like many people who, who we've kind of spoken to as the the Belzona podcast season has gone on, you have been associated with with Belzona for for quite some time. When when is it you first uh, joined the company? Uh, I joined Belzona back in two thousand and five, so it's uh, been about sixteen years now. Um, okay. But my familiarity with Belzona goes uh, back further than that. My I first actually used Belzona um, almost 25 years ago. Um, one of my first uh, jobs that I had after leaving school, uh, engineering company, and they were a user of Belzona. So I didn't know what it was at the time, uh, but I do, okay. I do recall the distinctive uh, orange and black modules. Excellent. Well, out of it, what, what application was that? What, what type of thing? It was actually repairing a, a shaft and a roller uh, for a, a food production company. Okay. Uh, I, well, yeah, that's... Uh, so So is that 
where your your Belzona journey really kind of began. Uh, from there, you, you obviously joined the company, like you said, in in 2015. Was that in a, a technical role, a sales role, or? Yeah, I began uh, back in in the UK uh, for Belzona as a as a field sales engineer, which is a, a sales based uh, consultant type role. Uh, okay. I had a small territory; it was a single county in the northwest of England, and really the position involved trying to help. Uh, existing or future clients uh, diagnose and identify problems. Uh, we then provided the solution to those problems with our range of products and make sure everything went uh, good along the way. Okay, so how have you seen the, the company change over the years since, since you've joined? Well, the, the company is uh, continually changing. Um, I think it, it's a positive change. Um, we're always looking to the future and how we can solve the next problem. Uh, we've been under, uh, during my time, we've been under a constant uh, state of growth and we will continue to grow and evolve. I think the significant changes we see are the investment in uh, facilities, uh, including research development, uh, production and training, uh, both the uh, the facilities uh, in Miami are new for training and, and production and R&D in the last uh, 10 years. And we've yeah. expanded uh, the same facilities uh, in the UK and in Asia Pacific. So, you know, the, the growth has been phenomenal. Um, and add on to that, the, the evolution in uh, marketing and digital content uh is is awesome and probably second to none so you know this part yeah. this podcast is a big part of that as well yeah no it's uh i have to say uh, i'm i'm nowhere near as uh as kind of um in terms of length of, of service if you like with belzona i'm nowhere near kind of at the stage that you're at but one thing that did hit me when i did join was just how much resource there was uh online uh, in terms of uh, YouTube videos, uh, webinars, presentations, so, uh, there, there is so much to, to kind of go at. And like you said, the podcast kind of diverging into, into that just, just shows that we are really constantly expanding. Um, so no, that was something I was very impressed with when, when, I, when I joined. Um, so we, we touched on it in the introduction. You have quite a unique experience of, you've, you've You've mentioned it just then. You, you started in in the UK in the north north uh, west of England as a as a sales engineer. You obviously now are based in Miami. Uh, so for for the listeners, we obviously have our, our headquarters in Harrogate in the UK, uh, as well as a, an office for the Americas in in Miami. Um, but you've also worked in our, our third or the main office, let's call it, in in Thailand as well. So so when, when was that? Uh, I've I've only made some shorter trips to Thailand, um, just okay. a, a few periods uh, with some training and uh, different conferences and meetings. Um, okay. I spent a, I actually uh, four years working out of our uh, Canadian office. Uh, so we have a, an off, another office in, in Canada. Um, so that was where I spent uh, a chunk of my time between yeah. uh, the UK and uh, and the US roles. Okay, so are there are there many common trends in terms of industrial maintenance uh, differences, practices that that you've kind of recognised through your experience in working in these different regions? Well, it's pro probably a little bit of a, a cliche. Um, the common trend I would say is people. 
Um, as much okay. as we we fix equipment or facilities, uh, and we have you know the different products, we work with people. Um, it, yeah. it really doesn't matter the industry, the country, or the continent. Um, we have a person who has a problem, and we uh, have Belzona people with the knowledge and resource to provide those solutions. Um, one of the big things for Belzona is having local people who understand uh, Belzona, understand the local yeah. culture, traditions, and can diagnose those problems and provide solutions is a huge plus for us. Um, as far as some differences, uh, I think the biggest difference I would say um, I've come across and have faced in the different uh, places I've been with Belzona would be the environmental condition, environment and, and climate type conditions okay. around the world. We, you know, on a, any given project, you can face uh, differences uh, from sub-zero temperatures in Canada, uh, extreme yeah. heat, say in the USA, and then high humidity and high heat uh, in Asia Pacific. And of course, yeah. the uh, unexpected rain showers in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. Uh, famously mild weather. Uh, <laughs> great. Okay, so uh, so how how does this experience help you in your role as a senior director in in the company? I think, like any anything in life, um, knowledge is key. Um, yeah. Knowing that we can have the same piece of equipment and problem, um, but it may have two different solutions because of location or climate. Um, the country regulations, um, all this background helps us uh, make plans. Um, yeah. It's really important to communicate uh, the experiences we've had, uh, the knowledge we have uh, back with uh, all aspects of the company. And we use those to, to make improvements. Um, these challenges drive our research and development and engineering teams in making products or making the application um, operate across uh, a wide variety of conditions and we learn how to accommodate to these conditions when applying our solutions. Okay. So uh, to, to kind of move from, from difference in, in conditions, uh, maybe let's talk about a, a kind of pressing topic uh, currently, the kind of uh, situation that, that's obviously uh we've all found ourselves in, in in 2020 it's been a very very strange year um due to the, the covid19 pandemic how in, in your experiences has this affected the markets Belzona operates in and how do you see the the future um being affected well, that's a, a good question, and I think uh, many businesses wish they had a, a crystal ball to figure this out, but it <laughs> yeah. certainly was a strange year, and uh, it was interesting. It's the first time in, in my recollection where yeah. globally uh, every country, every business almost uh, was dealing with basically the same problem, um, yeah. but each region, country, even down in here in the US where even each state handled it different. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of uh, regulations, a lot of uh, systems that needed to be quickly learned and, and, and how to work within those. Uh, so that yeah. really affected how we went to market and how we did business. 
what we did see was uh, typical markets, typical industries that we would, uh, you know, count as our, our top uh, working environments uh, slowed down slightly, uh, probably due okay. to the lack of of travel and, and movement around. Oil uh, took obviously yeah. a little bit of a dip. Yeah. But the great thing for Belzona is we're not tied or reliant on a single industry. So we had uh, a lot of new industries or developing industries that uh, caught a bit of a boom or a, an increase. Uh, this uh, offset some of the the business we we slowed in other other areas. Yeah. And uh, this helped uh, continue uh, our business plan. Uh, we were very close to achieving our overall goals for the year. You know, in sight of the in spite of the pandemic, and we. You know, we're going to continue to implement our plan and, and move forward. So one thing you mentioned uh, just in there was was uh, the need to, to adapt. Uh, how has Belzona ad- adapted business practices and, and, uh, and how we sell our products or take our products to market uh, because of the pandemic? Well, I think like a, a lot of uh, organizations, we, you know, there were some restrictions in physical movement of people and, and face-to-face yeah. meetings. And that has been a, the backbone of Bell's owner is, is, the, is the support and, and contact face-to-face with our clients. So that yeah. did take uh, some adaption and we've, you know, come through it very well. Uh, we're having a lot more virtual meetings via uh, teams and zoom type of yeah. uh, technology um, and to a certain degree yes we had to look outside of our core or focus industries uh, and work on developing new ones which we always do so we were not uh, we were not at a standstill we just uh, yeah. redeployed some of our focus and we've adapted you know we've we've ad- nothing has uh, nothing has completely come to a standstill nothing no. has stopped uh, our manufacturing facilities remained open through the pandemic uh, yeah. our customers got the support they needed and you know we've we're gonna hopefully continue my best guess is in a hybrid type fashion between yeah. pre-covid 19 and what we've experienced in the last uh, 12 yeah. months and this will see, you know, a rebound of some of the more traditional and focus industries, but we'll yeah. retain all the new business and all the new industry focus we've uh, put in place over the last 12 months, which uh, should show growth overall for the company. Great. So uh, we, we've mentioned that you have experience all over the world. Now you, you are a, a big part of, of, of Belzona in, in, the, in the Americas, in the U.S., it, uh, and, and and obviously South America as well. Um, so, what are the the main industries that you find Belzona being sold into in in this region? It's a, a, a great uh, variety of industries. You know, across the uh, the two continents of North America and South America, and all the countries we have, we have a little bit of everything. Uh, so, yeah. you know, certainly oil and gas, petrochemical, power generation, uh, mining are the some of the core you know heavily focused industries same as they are globally um but you know some of the the newer emerging industries or industries that we are becoming more accustomed to and our solutions are finding uh 
uh, traction within those industries is you know we're we're continuing our strength in in military. Uh, we saw a okay. big increase in uh, heating and ventilation uh, repairs last year. Pulp and paper is is, is strong uh, growing uh, industry for us. Power distribution. Uh, so it's not all just the power generation that the electricity has to get yeah. to uh, people's businesses and homes. And, you know, the continued transportation industry, whether it be uh, warehousing and storage of facilities uh, right through to, to, to shipping vessels. So container ships or support vessels for rigs and platforms. Great. And, and you know, that takes us very nicely, actually, on to... Uh to to the kind of relevance of 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 the topic that that you very kindly come on to today's podcast to to talk about which is uh which is the, the resin chocking systems you mentioned marine there so um belzone obviously does a, a lot in the marine sector in in the us is, is that the case yeah it's a, it's across obviously we've got uh, again between the north and south america we have a, a large uh, coastline um, yeah. Where there is lots of uh, repair facilities and uh, and ports and docks, so there's lots of yeah. opportunity for um, ships to come in and and seek repair. Um, we have uh, vessels come from all over the world uh, because yeah. of some of the size and and size of facility and equipment we have available in the Americas. Great. Okay. So uh, so so for any listeners out there who. Uh, are new to, to chocks and, and chocking systems. Can you explain a, exactly what is a, a chock? Yeah, I mean, keeping it on its most simple level, uh, a chock is the is the interface between the equipment and its foundation uh, or the base. So okay. almost all machinery and equipment uh, must have a good contact with the surface it's mounted on. Uh, okay. Typically, this isn't... Uh, you know, you pour a concrete slab or you have a metal base and you just put yeah. the equipment together, there's there's always a, a gap. So we need to make sure that gap is filled and there's 100% contact between uh, the base and the piece of equipment. And okay. traditionally, structures have been secured and, and mounted in uh, several different ways. Um, the original, kind of probably the earliest way of doing it would be to... Uh, use metal chocks and shims to fill in the gap uh, to make sure okay. uh, the equipment was at the right height and, and adjusted for alignment. Uh, but this takes pretty skilled workforce and can take a lot of time making sure everything is level and set. Okay, so it, it, it sounds like, like metal chocks and, and shims obviously have their benefits, but also have some some obvious downsides due to needing skilled labor and and the cost you mentioned are so what are the other options out there uh, along with the metal uh, shims and chocks there's there's a variety of other options uh, some i would say are not uh, not recommended by manufacturers i've seen things okay. just as simple as as timber stakes uh, okay. driven in between the equipment uh, one very common option is a uh, is a cementitious or a cement based uh, pourable mortar um, these are just poured in between the two, uh, the two, the substrate and the the piece of equipment, uh, and f- hopefully they fill the gap. Uh, <laughs> they do take a long time to cure to full 
physical and mechanical strength, uh, yeah. which can limit the return to service for the piece of equipment. So certainly there is problems um, that can be created by the, that technology. Yeah, it, it sounds like cement based mortars aren't quite the uh, aren't quite the ideal solution either. Um, what other further options are, are available then? Well, it really brings us into our type of technology, which is a is a resin chocking system. Uh, so it can be used exactly the same way. Um, yeah. It's it's a pourable system, so and a flowable system, so it gets uh, between the substrate and the equipment. Okay. You don't need a highly skilled labor force. You need competent labor, but not uh, not the highly skilled you would need for the metal shims. Uh, and it improves the performance over the metal shims or the cementitious chocks. It's an engineered product, so it's been designed specifically for this purpose. And it's cast in place and becomes a permanent uh, piece between the two. Okay. So, so do we see a benefit of using um, or from using resin chocks over metal or cement alternatives? We can, and it, and it depends on your, your outlook. So it depends where you're looking at the, the system from. So what we would say if you t encompass the entire project of aligning uh, and setting a piece of equipment, uh, the resin okay. shocks are more cost-effective and convenient. They reduce the downtime, and typically people's time or a piece of equipment's time from operating is the, the primary driver in, in cost or expense. Uh, so the, the reduction in downtime is good. Uh, installation is very quick and very simple. Doesn't require um, specific or expensive uh, machinery uh, to install. And within, you know, example, the marine industry, uh, applications such as main engines, uh, steering, uh, gear assemblies, compressors, uh, crane rails, everything that is critical for that ship's operation uh, can benefit from a resin chock. Great. So uh, you obviously mentioned uh, the, the resin chocks often being used in, in marine industry there. Do we see these uh, solutions being used in any other industries as well? Absolutely, yes. Um, the marine industry, obviously, I think many people are familiar with it, but uh, in general industry, we see it uh, almost everywhere. Um, you know, a pump or a motor, uh, mm -hmm. one of the most or second most used pieces of equipment on the planet. Uh, generators, compressors, crushers, uh, they all need to be uh, firmly mounted uh, and set in place to, to operate at their optimum performance. So, you know, using typical the cementitious grouts or other solutions uh, will be fine initially, but you'll get excess vibration, yeah. cracking, and that will then result in potential damage to the equipment and shutdown of the plant. So yeah. in general industry, we can make use of the same features and benefits as the marine industry, uh, we can utilize the resin chalk to provide um, features such as pressure and impact resistance, uh, eliminate vibration. Uh, we can precisely align equipment um, to avoid noise and vibration. And, yeah. you know, the system is designed to carry a very high load bearing capacity. So, yeah. you know, the, the equipment is 
mounted is then secure and can operate uh, and do its job. Great. So uh, I previously, or you previously mentioned there, uh, chocking can be used in, in any industry. Um, can you name a few of the industries that, that you've seen uh, a large need for, for chocking systems? Richard, yeah, of course. Um, we've we've seen it across the spectrum. Um, what we've uh, seen over the last couple of years is uh, an increase in usage in petrochemical industry, oil and gas industry. Okay. Um, mining is becoming uh, a bigger and bigger user of these types of systems because the equipment is very heavy and put under extreme stress and load. Um, mm-hmm. Lumber, uh, lumber industry. So, you know, lots of, before we have paper, we have to, you know, transition uh, trees into into a source and, and the equipment that does that is, again, very heavy and needs to be mounted uh, securely to its foundation. Uh, aggregates, sand processing, salt, uh, almost any and every mm. industry. Quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just a, a, an example from uh, a couple of years ago uh, at a coal mine. Uh, so it was uh, a coal mine, large uh, series of conveyors, um, and the the drives for these conveyors were needing to be uh, replaced. So the facility decided to optimize and replace uh, a number of separate uh, units with one larger, more efficient unit. This meant they couldn't just replace it on the the same footprint, the same uh, pads that had previously been on. So okay. we proposed the the Belzona solution to them, um, and they they installed the drive, precisely installed the drive and aligned it uh, as per the manufacturer's requirements. So why was the resin used in this application for, for the gearboxes? There's a number number of benefits that the company uh, shared with us uh, for them. Uh, they were on a very, very short time frame uh, from when they could shut the mine down uh, to when they needed to be uh, moving the, the coal, the, the, the product again, which was about 36 hours. And this okay. was 36 hours to remove the old, clean and prepare the surface, install the new, chock it, align it, and then get it cured and get it back functioning. Uh, this, you know, this was certainly important to them. Uh, and that's the, the reason they chose the, the resin system because it was, you know, achievable. They could plan in advance. And then they could uh, ensure, based on our data and testing, it would be back functioning within the thirty-six hour time limit. Okay, so so just to be clear, this is this is use on critical pieces of of equipment in this this mine. Talking about absolutely, um, this uh, these gearboxes, these motors, uh, they drove the main conveyor system for the mine, and yeah. certainly without uh, coal being sent along that conveyor. Uh, the power plant at the other end uh, didn't have a yeah. fuel source. So if you shut down a power plant, you have a knock-on effect to the to the grid and other businesses and homes uh, may not have yeah. power. So, yeah, fairly critical uh, piece of equipment. Okay. Okay, so so let's talk a bit about the, the technology of, of the system used. So 
Is uh, is this one of Belzona's regular protective coatings being used, uh, or, or is it something a bit different? No, it's not one of our traditional coatings in the sense uh, the requirements for for a chocking system, an engineered uh, chocking system, were were very different. The Belzona seventy one eleven was uh, specified to replace uh, materials we had been using. Um, okay. It's more cost-effective. Um, it's 100% solids, and it's yeah. it's designed. It was designed from you know formulation up to endure the physical and thermal shocks uh, common in in the environments we planned. Um, we needed it to be readily pourable, uh, flow, and yeah. spread evenly across irregular surfaces. And we needed it to be able to support heavy equipment uh, and loads. Okay, so so you mentioned uh, an engineered system that is designed there. Uh, so for the listeners, what what exactly does that mean? Well, it starts out we we define a brief. We define a set of criteria we want to achieve. So we we looked uh, we looked throughout industry and throughout. Uh, the design process that companies undertake and we then provide our chemists with a with the brief of a new product we want and what factors uh, including the industry's applications we want to use it on and yeah. what properties both physical and mechanical uh, we would need to to achieve to have uh, to obtain some of the third-party approvals for instance um, we wish to have the product uh, be third-party approved because that's yeah. very common and, and needed in the, in the marine and, and other industries. Uh, the final formulation should be should be used on an application where we're able to calculate uh, and confirm that the product will do what the customer wants it to do, do what the manufacturer uh, believes yeah. their equipment can do. And ultimately, the client who's installed and it wants the assurance they have a product that will meet that application. So this product was specifically designed for, for this problem. Um, kind of with, with that in mind, from, from feedback, obviously, from, from customers and your experience, what would you say the, the main, most impressive features and, and properties are that, that, have, that, that make the product stand out? Most impressive properties. Wow. Uh, there's a, there's a, is this, this is back to you, back to you, back to you days as, a, as a, an FSE in the north of England. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the function of the product is important. So uh, yeah. for this, the, the product was, again, I've, I've said it a couple of times, it was designed uh, to bear and support uh, very high load and stresses. So... When you with this type of product, you can't afford for it to um, to to have any uh, defects or entrapment or problems, which would uh, once installed uh, cause the load to be uh, shift or move or not be supported a hundred percent. So certainly, load bearing capacities are, are a big plus for us. Mm -hmm. The the ease of use. Um, you know, you can have the best product in the world, but if it's if it's too difficult to use or not practical to use, um, it's not going to be uh, adopted by the industry. Uh, and then, you know, something that is sometimes overlooked, you know, we've talked about 
being used on on marine vessels and in you know wide variety of industries certainly that means we need we have the opportunity to use it globally and what we want to be able to do is have this product available to everyone so we designed yeah. our product uh, with a with a very long uh, storage and shelf life for this type of technology, this type of product, uh, and that allows the different uh, different distributors and stockists of Belzona to to hold the product uh, locally for its clients and uh, not worry about having to you know fly it in as an emergency, which yeah. adds to the cost and complex complexity. And if you're in a short time frame we have it available and some of the other systems are not. So, you know, those are three that pretty much stand out to me. Okay, so how, how does our audience ensure that the claims and, and numbers here are supportive and that the system will work for them? Well, hopefully uh, Belzona over the last uh, almost 70 years has built up a, a trusted reputation with, uh, with clients, but as we previously discussed, it was not one of our typical or usual system so you know for this system uh, and what it's used for it's all about data it's all about the the testing criteria and the the test numbers we can produce so you know we we perform uh, many in-house tests uh, but we perform them to internationally recognized standards Uh, we don't modify those tests we don't adjust them to to publish a very strong number we perform the test as it was written by the specification um, company yeah. who designed it. We mm-hmm. also then, for this uh, this product and, uh, and many others, we, we look at outside testing uh, or outside mm-hmm. approval authorities that will take our product uh, and put it through its paces and run tests. So, you know, this particular product, the Belzona 7111, uh, carries independent approvals from ABS, the American Bureau of Shipping, uh, Lloyd's mm-hmm. Register, uh, Class NK, uh, and, and many more. Okay, great. Uh, and, and again, that's something that hopefully all the listeners are, are familiar with. We touched on it in, in the last uh, episode of the podcast. Um, and that, that's a, a consistent, a constantly evolving uh, a process, isn't it, with, with the... Uh, the, the independent approvals and, and the like. And I only say that because I, I know maybe it's not something I can mention here, but in the background, we are looking at further approvals for, for this product currently. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, it's not a one-time approval and then you forget about it. Um, these organizations uh, have the right to auditors, uh, at, 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 you know, a surprise audit at a moment's notice. And yeah. periodically, uh, depending on the organization, we have to go through a renewal process and we have to prove um, it's the same product. We have to prove we've not changed ingredients. We have to prove that we've uh, maintained all the necessary steps to meet the their approval and, and we do that in many ways but you know we follow a iso 9001 process in our facilities uh, both manufacturing and administration and that helps us keep us on track and make sure we we operate at the right level great Great. So uh, if we wanted to find out more about Belzona 7111 uh, and other Belzona products, how would we go about doing that? Well, there's many, many ways you can uh, get to know about Belzona. Uh, probably one of the greatest uh, resources and starting point for most folks is uh, 
visit our website uh, www.bellzona.com um from there you can find a variety of information on both individual products such as bellzona 7111 right through to some of the the many industries and applications we've uh, touched on today uh, another useful page on the website uh, for anyone considering a Bell's owner option is where to find their nearest uh, Bell's owner distributor or Bell's owner office. Uh, we have a finder on there. You, you type in your location and we'll, we'll give you the, yeah. the coordinates of the, the right people. Uh, yeah. That's a global finder as well. Absolutely. Any, yeah. Anywhere in the world. And uh, I don't think there's a place you can plug in that we don't give you an answer. <laughs> Good. Okay, good. Um, great. Well, I, th I think that kind of brings us to, to, to the end there, Barry. Uh, just want to say thank you so much for, for taking your time out to, to join us. Um, really, really appreciated having you here and, and actually really found your, your insight very, very, very interesting. So thank you. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have, Richard. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, it's been fun. And I hope to get, hope to, <laughs> hope to get on another episode soon. I'm sure we can wangle that. Absolutely. Um, great. So, so like I said, that, that about wraps it up for today. Uh, for everyone listening, we hope you've, you've enjoyed today's episode. Uh, and actually, uh, we hope you've enjoyed the, the season uh, as, as a whole. Uh, please do not forget to like or subscribe so you do not miss out on any future Bellzona content. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and other major podcast platforms. Uh, for information on uh, what we've discussed today, or as Barry has, uh, has just said, information on anything related to, to Bellzona solutions or services, please visit our website, www.bellzona.com. Uh, thank you to all my guests who have joined us uh, across season one of the Bellzona podcast, as well as all the colleagues who have helped produce what has been uh, the first season of the podcast uh, especially big thank you to everybody for for listening and getting involved we are currently preparing and planning season two we've got some very very uh, exciting guests and, and episodes uh, uh, penciled in uh, for more content on all things engineering and coating related we will definitely be back soon in the near future so watch this space uh, until next time goodbye <laughs>